0: And, you know,
1: to every ball there.
0: this is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Farley.
1: Welcome once again to Command Kind here in the KCLR studios with myself, Martin Quilty. Her beloved Anya Fahy is not with us this evening, but I am joined as usual by the brilliant stand-in when we need her so much, the great Paula Dowling, who is a little bit under the weather, but she has committed to being here. Good evening, Paula. How are you? Good, Martin. Can't complain. <laughs> I could say something to that right we'll leave you alone for the time being because first of all I'm going to uh, turn my attention to the junior uh, well it's not the junior it's the division 3A semi-final that is taking place at the weekend it is the meeting of Carlo and Armagh the venue is a long winded protection and prosperity Louth GAA training centre in Darver uh, and that has a 3pm time for a throw in there and Chap Clear who is the manager of the Carlo team is bright and early for training this evening but he's taken time out as usual to speak with ourselves on Come On Kind Chap, how are you this evening?
2: Good evening Martin, how are you?
1: Uh, Sure, we're all good here well, most of us is all good here anyway at the minute you're there for training this evening for the girls the last couple before your big game against Arma at the weekend you have a venue you have a throw-in time all you need now is the right result
2: Absolutely, yeah all systems go we're... we're, um uh, a huge amount of work has gone in over the last number of, of months and um, look we're training tonight Martin and training again Thursday and then it'll be all systems go for Saturday. So yes it's great excitement, we're really looking forward to it uh, and we're just bursting to get going now at this stage.
1: What has preparations been like now since your Kildare win? Have you gone hard at it a little bit in preparation for the weekend or a couple of recovery training sessions and then just ease slightly into it the weekend?
2: Yeah, we've had to have, I suppose, we were on the, ba- on the back of four games and four weekends in a row, Martin, and that, I suppose, has taken its toll on our panel a little bit in terms of a good few of our players are carrying a few little niggles and a few little knocks. Uh, so we just wanted to make sure uh, we got as much recovery time into as many girls as possible. Um, and I suppose this week, really, we're just kind of winding up now and just getting ourselves ready and getting our heads right. Um, and as I said to you, it's a national final. It's something we've targeted from the start of the year. Um, we're there now and it's a great opportunity for
1: us I suppose the prize is huge for the winner that comes out of it it's promotion up into the Division 8 or the 2A for next year as well I mean that would be so beneficial to either team and I have to be politically correct here but we know you are the neighbours and we're going to be shouting etc for you but uh, yeah either team that does win this game like the, the prize is so huge to get up and play with some of the big teams in the Division 2A next year
2: yeah, absolutely, and I mean, obviously when you go to Division 2A, the standard gets higher and um, the performance needs to be bigger and bigger again, but I suppose from our side and from our MA side, I suppose both teams have, have done very well in their group stages in their semi-finals, so you have two teams going to a final now that are unbeaten, um, and I suppose if both teams bring a performance or bring their A game, it's going to be a cracker match on Saturday.
1: It's a long way to bring the teams. Uh, I know you're looking for a halfway venue and I know all the hardship that the, the National Fixtures Committee had in trying to secure a pitch even. I mean, weather has been causing havoc all over the country, trying to secure even county grounds for uh, for National League finals. You're not the only one. I mean, every one of them is in jeopardy at the minute, apart from the ones that's been played in, or played in Crow Park. But uh, nonetheless, as we say, you have the venue coming up now. Any injury concerns for the weekend?
2: Yeah, no, we, we, we have a couple of girls that um, we'll know more tonight and, and obviously again on Thursday we're just a few late fitness tests for some of the girls um, and obviously with the venues, you know, it's, it's nice if you check ups allowed uh, but the reality is when you're in a final you don't care where it is, you travel anywhere. Uh, to get to the final. And I suppose from for us uh, as the management squad and the players, we, we can't control the venue or the locations or the times around like that. But what we can control is the attitude we bring and, uh, and, and hope to get our heads right and getting the right performance on the day. Uh, and that's what we're going to be uh, trying to do. Um, and fingers crossed, you know, we'll have all the players available for us uh, when it comes to picking the team um, and that we'll have a really, really strong team to start and, and panel to pick from uh, should the need arise uh, as the game goes on.
1: Carlo was last in the Division 2 in 2019. So it's a good four years now since you were there last. I mean, preparation seemed to be have gone well. Did you manage to get hold of any footage on Armaa or do you know anything uh, about him after their semi-final win over Roscommon?
2: Yeah, fortunately, I've, I've never seen Armaa play a couple of times. Uh, obviously, I've seen footage from previous years and the other and last year, but I've managed to and see uh, two of their games for this year. So I at, they're, they're a serious outfit. Uh, they're some great players. Um, they're really, really good going forward. Uh, they've picked up really, really big scores uh, in the game so far, and they're, and, and they're very resolute in defence as well. So, look, they're a serious team. They're, they're a seasoned team as well, Martin. I mean, when you get to, you know, other and finals and Ulster titles and all that sort of stuff, they've done it consistently over the last three or four years. So they're a really, really strong outfit. Um, and I suppose, look, we're, we're having a decent start to our league, um, but they have a lot of experience and they have a lot of miles in the clock and a lot of... um, good days and bad days behind them whatever so we, we know they're going to be a serious serious uh, outfit and as I said to you those are the games you want Martin you want to put yourself up against the best teams in your division and certainly our team seem to be the best team so far
1: Well if you're going to win you might as well win against the best and get a, a decent match and going forward into the championship it'll certainly be beneficial to you as well I suppose look you have a backroom team that's there behind you as you always say that you can't do it on your own it's great to have a team behind you but there's obviously a full team behind yourselves in the backroom team and that is the county board in uh, Carlo as well and actually I had dinner with my Condela Congress uh, last weekend and we were just having a chat about the match as well and she was beaming like a Cheshire cat that Carlo was after making a national final and the progress that was being done with Carlo as well but I mean the support that obviously the county board gives to yourselves in Carlo, like is uh, second to none up there.
2: Yeah the county board have been fantastic since I've got involved. Uh, everything we've asked for uh, and we've asked for a lot, to be fair, in terms of all the different bits and pieces, but uh, we, they haven't been found wanted on one occasion yet. Everything we've asked for, we've got, and to really look after the players really well. Um, and it's brilliant for all those volunteers, Martin, the you know the chairpersons, secretaries, and treasurers, and all the administrative people that have done Trojan work for Caracomogi for years and years and years and years. It's brilliant for them uh, that their county and that their team is in a national final because... You know, it's there's so much work goes in behind the scenes on, on the on the administrative side that goes unnoticed, and um, in a lot of times. So for to get to a final. Uh, it's great for all those volunteers and hopefully they're getting as big a kick out as we are
1: it certainly is obviously the team is prepared you're prepared what you do need preparation now coming up to the weekend is colour uh, support so obviously a lot of people would listen to the podcast you're putting out a rallying cry for people to get in the cars head off on the Easter weekend head to loud. you never know what you might come across on the, the week as well when you're passing by but certainly to get to Derver up to the centre of excellence and to get all the support that you can from Carlo to get up and get behind the girls on Sunday or Saturday absolutely, sorry Saturday yeah,
2: absolutely yeah and I really hope a big crowd turns out for the girls their performances this year have been have been really really strong um, and I know the girls would, would love a big Carlo support to come up with so Easter Bank holiday weekend um, and we're hoping a big crowd from Carlo makes the uh, makes the trip up to loud for us and fingers crossed we we'll get a little bit of luck and, and have a little bit of silverware um, but we appreciate all the support we've had so far and we just uh, ask that uh, the Carola Colours come out in force uh, on Saturday to support the girls
1: well hopefully all going well and fingers crossed and I know it's the Easter weekend as well but if you do win on Saturday we want you in here live with us on next Monday so that we can really blow the water out of it and give you all the credit and the whole lot that you need so fingers crossed chap free, not Getting to, our uh, hopes up to much for ye, but look, um, it's a fifty-fifty case now. You are there, and look, we wish ye the very best of luck from us all here in case, are that you'll. Uh do it as best you can that's all a person can ask
2: no fingers crossed thanks to me Maren thanks to me for all the support and we'll give it our best
1: yeah exactly and as always thank you so much for making yourself available because I know you're a busy man with the team and getting preparations done and it's not easy having me call you the night of a training session interrupting that so I really appreciate you taking the time out to have a chat with us here on come on kind as well 100%
2: thanks Maren thanks me.
1: perfect good man chap that was Peter Chapclear, the manager of the carlo intermediate team and they are going to be taking on Armagh this weekend coming on Saturday in the Division 3A final in the Darvers Centre of Excellence in County Louth with a 3pm throw-in and we are going to wish them all the very best of luck in that Paula Dowling Áine was here with us last week um, we didn't preview the show because we were going to wait on this weekend coming but how do you see this one going for the Carlow women it's not going to be easy but they've been going well so far this year they seem to have a nice bit of momentum coming
0: along and I think that's the key thing now Chap seems fairly grounded like we know what he's like and he's a great guy to get a team motivated and keep it going so I actually think they have as good a chance like a finalist on the day it's all about who wants it the most like in going with the best of intentions and have every bit of training done and everything and anything done but psychologically if you're up for it and that's about winning the dirty ball putting your best foot forward and winning balls that you've no right to win and that's what makes an Ireland winning team
1: Some of these girls would obviously have experience of playing big games before. I'm looking at your Kate Nolan's, the team captains, your Kira Quirks, Ali Rositsko, even in the forward line. But there's some of these players that are new to the setup, they may not have been in finals before. So. How you've been a player as well you've been a coach you've been a manager what kind of a mindset do you need going forward knowing that you're going to be playing in a big weekend's game because a national final whether it be a league final or an All-Ireland final is still a big deal for a player either way so what's your mindset going into a final weekend?
0: Well the first thing I'd be saying to every player is to remember that if you're playing in a final you don't want it to pass you by Um, I'd be a firm believer in in soaking up the atmosphere and channeling channeling that. Because if you go in with the attitude of whereby, like, you know, overanalyzing the opposition, you can't control anything, only what you do on a day. I think we forget about that. Hurling camogie is a very simple game. You can only play the ball that's in front of you. That's true. And I think sometimes if you overanalyze things, it can actually be to the detriment as in, you know, well if this happens this is what I'm going to do or if that happens this is what I'm going to do all you can do is go out and give your 110% and I think it's a big thing is that you can't do anything with the ball until you have it like it's a simple game really if we were to break it down so I'm sure Chap has them all well grounded and has talked to him and said to him look it is a big occasion and that's great and great build up and great atmosphere and everything that goes with it but you know what sometimes if you haven't played in All-Ireland you've nothing to fear you haven't got a reputation, you're going out there, you can put your own mark on it. Whereas sometimes if you're perceived to be, as has happened, we've seen it in plenty of matches, plenty of All-Irelands and everything like that, is that sometimes it's not the big names, it's not the people that have loads of experience, not that they play well, but it's 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 the girls that come in and don't have that fear. Yeah. And sometimes I think psychologically there can be a fear of, of, of not a fear of winning, it's a fear of making a mistake. And so that there, shouldn't be a fear of losing? Well there probably is a fear of losing But a fear that you would do something That would be a detriment to the team That would cause them to lose I suppose That's the way I put it So what I'd be inclined to say is that Like if you didn't make a mistake You'd never learn right But it's how you react to that And as well as that In any match that you play A team will have a purple patch
1: so You're alright okay. You're alright right.
0: So the opposition will always have a purple patch So it's how you react to that think about it like the more you think about it you have two options either A curl up and regress back into your shell or else you just seize the day and move forward and I think that's the big thing is that they have to believe in themselves and take that step forward and I think that could be missing that happens to teams but I think Chap is well experienced he knows what he's doing he seems to have a good setup around him so he'll have it all he'll have all those marked off and like I mean you know yourself there's some players that need a kick in the backside to get him going and there's other players that need to be brought along with you and I'm sure he knows the dynamic of his team and I think he'll have all of his he'll have all of that you know some some will leave that peptic beforehand some people just need to be left alone left in their zone to deal yeah. with things so that's why I don't doubt it he's, he's a well experienced manager he's been involved with different teams before and I think the attitude I'd be going is I'd be looking forward to it can't wait to get out on that pitch I'd be just busting to get out there like I mean that's the one thing I, I find being involved with any team at the is the most frustrating thing is that you can't do anything when you're on the sideline no that's very true whereas I mean, if you're actually out there on the pitch you can, go out and you can make it happen and you can do things and I, I, I suppose it's to listen to the instructions that are given and follow whatever their game plan is but to always remember you can't do anything unless you have the ball no so it's the fundamentals as in like I won't start again about the roll lift will I <laughs> <laughs> it's getting down low it's getting the ball it's getting the ball into your hand and then once you have the ball into your hand then you can take the next step but sometimes I think with some players is that they're inclined to actually plan what they're going to do with the ball before they even get it into their hand but I'm sure look Chapel have all that covered off if you're in a game it's 50-50 and at the end of the day it's about who wants to win it hopefully and the way Carlo came to going you'd have to say they're probably going in as favourites at the moment
1: Yeah, it has, slight favourites yeah. just
0: slight favourites and, and and you know some people say oh hey been a favourite, or you know,
1: do I, 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 I don't know. Would they? I mean, Arma have been in several finals before. I mean, they've been in all-earn finals, they were beaten last year. In Maybe the I'm just being a little bit biased, I suppose.
0: You see, that's that's the thing is like, I mean, I, I, whether you're underdog or whatever, it's how you, t- you, you the psychological battle there is how you interpret that.
1: The underdog tag nearly works better for a lot it of teams,
0: it does for a lot of teams. But even at that, like I mean, the other side of it is if if you go in, as it depends on how they perceived. I'm sure chap is telling them, "Look, lads, you've got nothing to lose. You're going out there, give it hell for leather." Like they've done A, B, and C, as you've said, and they've done. But I'd be just saying to them, "Go out and hurl. Don't let the occasion get to them." I remember who was it. Oh, it was on one of the Lake quail and one of the girls, I think it could have been Rena Buckley was talking about it and she was saying how her first All-Ireland, that she doesn't really remember a lot of it, that it's passed her by. Whereas in hindsight, she said she has learned from that, that, you know, you need to just sit back and she says, I should have taken it on board. I should have enjoyed it. I should have just watched what was going on and, and soaked up the atmosphere and realised that all these people here are to cheer me on and encourage me. And like, I mean, the other thing is that everybody has to remember no player goes out to play a bad game. That's the one thing, you know? And that, you know, I love it when I see, like, no matter who's being substituted on or off, that when you see the rest of their, you know, the panel, the mentors, cheering them on, clapping them off, clapping them on, that's what it's all about. And it's about that team. And he seems to have a very good... Panel and team developed in a team atmosphere. When I say team, I mean everybody from one to forty, however many has in his panel. That they all seem to have each other's backs, and that's really important. And even even the way he's talking about, like he's mentioning people that you know the backroom team and also about the county board and the support he's got. So obviously, there's a very good atmosphere in between them all, and that'll stand to them all moving forward.
1: Which it certainly will. Right, I'm going to leave you take a quick drinky there as well to help you out, because I know that I really do appreciate you being here this evening. By the way, because I know you're really under the weather, but I want to bring you back to a small. And you mentioned Rena Buckley in one of the Laker gales, and we've know we've heard there are players that saying it as well. I mean, all finals is a big occasion for a lot of players, and when you're walking around in the parade, there's some of people that just goes into a zone and they don't, they don't realise what's around them. They don't take in the atmosphere. They don't take in the surroundings. They don't let it absorb into themselves. It's nearly tunnel vision that they have to block everything out. And a lot of our girls even done that over a number of years and have regretted it because they said to themselves if you asked them you know what was the experience like going around in your first all-earned fine and a lot of them can say I don't know I blocked it out and they're like that they want to soak it then all in.
0: I suppose you see that's just part and parcel of being when you're first time at a big occasion that can happen because you're so focused on the game and I suppose most players will always say to you is that they are focused on the game. The game is the thing, the paraphernalia and all the razzmatazz around us is outside of it and I think it's not until players mature a bit that they can really appreciate that. So that's understandable. I'm not saying don't do it or to stay in your zone or whatever you need to do but I do think, uh, I'd hate for people to think that they don't really remember their All Ireland fans or remember things that it's everyone
1: them. is different. Every Everybody is
0: different, yeah. And it, how it floats for different people that's the other thing. Like um, like um, some some people are so engrossed in the whole thing that they, they can't even talk to anybody for a couple of days beforehand. I always think if that's the case, you're nearly too hyped up for it like I just think it's a little bit a a little bit of nerves are grand but you know what I mean sometimes it's the best actresses or actors, I should say I better be PC correct that can produce the goods if you know what I mean that if you're just able to like put on the best actual you know bravest face out there and go out and give a wacky you know that kind of thing but it's just Uh, it's all it's all it's in hindsight I can say that because I was probably a light and melt whenever we were playing big yeah. games Now I probably didn't think I was
1: but I'm sure I was you poor, know poor is having a mental uh, nearly breakdown here beside me it's what I just have to say her, which I'm not going to repeat on air by the way anyway we're going to move along because the 1A final is on the 16th of uh, April in Crow Park and that is of course Cork and Galway so that will be previewed next weekend but the other Division 1B game which we know that Waterford has been in a in a while and they were waiting for Wexford and Antrim to play one another in a back game because it was postponed and Wexford actually came away with a victory which to Anya was a little bit surprising if she heard that because she had actually tipped that Antrim was going to beat Wexford in that and it would be Waterford and Antrim in the final it's not it's the neighbours it's on Easter Sunday 12 noon FBD Semple Stadium in Thurles. and Paula Dowling I'm going to ask you who's going to win it because it's a repeat of last year's league semi-final where Wexford came out on top but Waterford seemed to be flying a lot better than they were last year Yeah but uh, Wexford seems to be having a little bit of momentum there aren't they just seem to be getting a little bit
0: you just don't know. Um, I think it'll be a tight game. Um but I still it sort of have to go for Walford, wouldn't you really? At the end of the day. I'd have to uh, having affiliations down there anyway. <laughs> well, but I like, suppose they've a little bit more experience. They, they have the experience in, behind in them. But I just do you know what? It, when Wexford go quiet, that's when I get worried. I mean that in the nicest possible way. Nothing against Wexford people. But you know, when they're low-key, that's when they'll produce a team that has, you know...
1: You mean like when they're like a wounded lion that's just waiting in the long grass? Yeah,
0: yeah. And they do have they do have the ability to do that. Um, and I suppose it's about, uh, I, I would imagine for them, it's about seeing the progression and even getting to the final now they're seeing, OK, this is the next step on for them. So they have nothing to lose going out there. So really, you'd have to go with Walford on form, but Wexford have nothing to lose. And that's the one time when you have a a team that's going in and has nothing to lose and just goes out to play hurling. It all depends, again, on the occasion and how people react to it. Um, But you would have to go for Walford on form.
1: OK. Well, you haven't been here with the the last while that we have been previewing Kerry's results and their games, etc., Paula Dowling Kerry is playing Meath in the Division 2A final it's scheduled for Crow Park I know it's on the 16th and Ms. and Anya will be previewing this as well next Monday but you're here in the present day sitting in front of me it's a great achievement first of all for Kerry to be in the Division 2A final it's a nice touch that it's in Crow Park with the Division 1A final as well but will the occasion get to him because Meath has been there before in all Ireland finals they know what it's like Kerry are new to the scene, albeit they did win the junior, Premier Junior final, to be fair to them as well. But can, is this a step too far? I don't know. You see, they're having the, the experience of the, the Club
0: All Ireland as well. A lot of those girls have been involved in the, the Club All Ireland from uh, Clan, Morris. Clan Morris. So, like, I mean, that's going to stand them as well. Um, as you know, time Kerry gets into Crow Park, they love it and they'll thrive on it. But you would have to go for meat at the moment. On how they're going. Um, now, did
1: it, they did play one another in the league, and Kerry did come out on top. top. Yes, they did. So that's why I'm saying Meath. And it was in tr- Meath's backyard in But
0: you have to remember, Meath probably are coming out again and they'll want to turn one back over on Kerry. Um, it's gas how the fortunes, like you're looking at the Meath football versus the Meath camogie and they always seem to sort of uh, go on swings and roundabouts as in when one's high, the other is down and vice versa. Probably doesn't even come into play. That's just me making like a general observation in general. But either way, I think it'll be a very tight game. I'd say they'll be not in between the two of them.
1: OK, I'm going to put a question to you, and this is no disrespect to either one of the two counties because they're both brilliant. But who would benefit more from being in the Division 1B next year? Or let me rephrase that. Who would cope better in the Division 1B next year when you're playing the likes of Wexfords and Antrims, uh, etc.?
0: Jeez, that's a very, that's a tough question you just wouldn't know like I mean if you think about it in Kerry they're pulling from they don't have a lot of clubs it's it's basically North Kerry as such and a couple of clubs in around Shlee and Clarny or whatever but I suppose it seems to be taking flight there like I, I, last year I was down there on holidays and um, just happened to be driving around and pulled into one of the pitches and the next thing you could see those like loads of girls out playing camogie which is great to see whereas you'd be expecting to see them going with a football Um would it stand to it? would be great for Kerry. It probably would bring on the game leaps and bounds down there. Um, but then again, Meath are also probably... In the, there are two very similar dynamics, if you know what I mean. Meath probably would have more clubs to probably draw from.
1: Oh, I'd say they would have, And yeah.
0: traditionally would be probably more of a Camogie County than Kerry. But then again, I just get the feeling that there seems to be a big strong drive behind the Kerry team. So I, I'd say both would be able to deal with it. But you'd like to see how Kerry would deal with it. If you know what I mean
1: yeah because you'd hate to see someone going up there and getting absolutely be- slaughtered and annihilated in every match and then the next thing you're back down again which okay if that's the way and the structure as it is but you'd like to be competitive if you're relegated but you're competitive you know you're nearly happy in one way than going and getting relegated by getting hammered in and all the matches and you know
0: regardless of who goes up the first year up is always going to be the hardest is, to yeah. stay up there and like I mean I would say for them like okay sure they'd like to be extremely competitive but to hold their own up there and not happy relegation will be one of the key things and then anything extra as a bonus and to push on from there.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. Well, the Division 2B final is going to be between Kerry, not Kerry, Kilkenny and Cork and that is on the weekend of the 15th and 16th so we'll be previewing that as well next week. Now we know the two teams are in the final because obviously there is games to be played this weekend but whatever happens with those games the result cannot alter who's going to be playing in the final. But we're going to preview some of those games at the weekend, because obviously there's a lot at stake for some clubs because oh, Galway, Tipperary, and Wexford, depending on results, either one of those could still be relegated. Um, come the weekend coming, and all of the games are scheduled for Saturday. The first one being Galway and Tipperary. Paula, who do you see winning this one? See, that's 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 tough. Like I mean, Galway basically
0: lost their whole. Um, their intermediate team weren't eligible to play this year having won the All-Ireland last Correct. year so they're starting from fresh but in looking back they would have been in the knockout stages of probably the minor competitions over a couple of years they got to the sem- east semi-finals so there should be a good cohort of players there to keep playing um, Tipperary they seems to be doing a lot of work at the moment up there at the moment um, uh, a lot of work being done at Underage and pushing on from there so
1: it could be very interesting altogether. Well, they were a surprise packet, uh, what is it? It's not last weekend, it was the weekend before when they played Wexford. Um, and the result of that game is actually why Kilkenny and Cork is playing in the final because Tipperary actually beat Wexford when even you was predicting that Wexford would beat Tipperary on form. So they're certainly going into the game with a bit of confidence. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they seem to be going with confidence. I probably would say I, I'd be slightly inkling towards Tipperary, even though Galway would have, say, more form if you go back and should have more uh, pull through players. But Tipperary, they, they should see t- about
1: results. It's not coming yeah, their way. Yeah, they're not going
0: the way, and, and Tipperary seems to be producing. You know, there seems to be good structures in there at the moment, and seem to be, you know, they seem to be pushing on to where they want to be at all levels. So I suppose.
1: Well, if that result did come to fruition, it would mean that Galway then would be relegated. I feel like I should be going, dun, dun, dun. you know, it could happen. I, do, I don't have that music yet. No, no, I, think we'll I
0: don't know. I just. <sighs> Like a go anyway. I, could. I couldn't. I actually, I am I honestly, to God, I, I'd sit on the fence with the, in this one. To be honest, now I know I well, obviously even the fence. if
1: even if it's a draw, Galway are still going to be relegated because they are bottom of the table. So, um, it depends. They need the win, and they also need, uh, um, well, I suppose I was going to say they need a miracle. But Cork and Wexford is playing in the last game, and I mean, on form, you'd probably be looking at Cork to do that. So, if Galway, and this is where the permutations come in. So, if Cork Cork do beat Wexford Cork will go to the top of the table Wexford will have three points If Galway beat Tipperary Galway Tipperary and Wexford will all have three points each which means it will come down to scoring difference of who's relegated Well
0: that's a rotten way to go down isn't it?
1: Well that's reality
0: Oh is isn't really though it's a rotten way to go on, on scoring I always think it's a really hard way to go down. It's like when they had the and they had the penalties and everything like that. I just think it's it's a, a really a rotten way to go down. But like rather than going to score, but then again, I suppose if you haven't produced the goods, you need to have your house in order earlier on, earlier on in the year and in earlier round leagues of the the league and be able to pick off your scores and everything like that. But like, hmm. It could be very interesting
1: It could be very <laughs> There's
0: interesting There's a lot of permutations going on There's a lot of these competitions um, and, and you'd be looking at them going Sheesh You don't really want to be, have a, a degree in honours maths
1: And that's actually the 2B competition Which means that whoever gets relegated Will be down to Division 3A Oh Okay Could be interesting Yeah, It certainly could be I mean you could have Carlo coming up And Galway going down Carlo rising by I'm telling you now whoever wins this whoever wins there gets promotion out of this anyway is not going to go anywhere because predominantly the teams in this is the second tier or the second mm. teams of tier one counties so I mean if Carlo win the division 3A they're bypassing 2B and they're going straight to 2A so there's no promotion out of the 2B but there is a relegation out of it so whoever relega- gets relegated goes to 3A
0: but it's not to see though just like looking at the likes of the Carlos and all of the other teams that Komogi is starting to flourish and not just only the strongholds of Komogi. That's yeah. that's the one thing I'm really noticing about all. Like you've got the carries, you've got the Meads, you've got the Carlos, you've um, Ross are doing great guns at minor yeah. level, all of these kinds of things. So this is brilliant to see because that means you want to have the... You want to have the sport strong in every county. Nobody wants to see anybody getting trounced. It's about... When you see those tight games, they're the games you like watching, that you enjoy watching and, and you're coming out. And if you're the loser, it's sickening. But if you're the winner, it's a great one to turn over on somebody.
1: Yeah, I would actually like to see the, the structure of the way that this is going to be worked because... If whoever wins the 3A competitions in the next couple of years bypasses 2B and goes to 2A and there's no promotion out of 2B. So if you have relegation out of it for the second teams within the next two to three years. So, I mean, you could have Galway, Wexford or Tipperary's second team getting relegated back down to 3A and there's nobody coming in to replace those teams in 2B like oh, I, I don't see. So could end up with just maybe four teams and it's possible yeah because I mean there is no promotion out of it according to the now maybe the structure might change next year we don't know but if the structure
0: they're going to have to take a look at that because like I mean
1: it's it, that's a minefield within itself it probably is but then I'm looking at a different perspective as well right and I'm just taking Carlo and Arama because the two of them is in the 3A final mm. so either one of the two of them they win the weekend they are put up into 2B and they're in with every one of the second teams then from the tier 1 counties So, like, for them to get promoted one year and maybe they're up in 2B and then they get hockeyed in every single match and then they're relegated the following year, they're back down to 3A, whereas they could be competitive in 2A and maybe stay up in 2A and somebody else is getting relegated. Would that be fair, then, on the promotional team from 3A to go to a 2B competition?
0: (sighs) Last year, I lost you 2A, 2B, know I'm throwing a, a lot a it. it's a nice like it is just, the structures probably will need to be looked at Especially I have to
1: say the fixture structures this year is brilliant because it gives more games to teams like you have your 1A and you have your 1B which is brilliant 12 teams up senior that's what you want but I'd be just fearful of teams that is getting promoted potentially up into the second one but my also fear then is the teams that's getting relegated from the tier 1 second teams down to the lower division mm-hmm. Mm. is that fair to have them like if they go back down and start hocking the likes of Common or Kildare or Carlo or Aramah whichever them doesn't win at the weekend that's why I don't get involved in fixtures lads it's
0: another we're trying to sort out those divisional to see how they're actually going to handle that um, I'm sure they have probably identified that as it is at the moment it's working but it would be something that they'll probably have to revamp and look at because you don't want anybody being hockeyed you don't want you want to have those competitive games but then again it could be something that'll help those teams push on as well that they're up against a more competitive team and and they'll realise this is what we need to aim towards the only way we are going to play, improve is by playing against teams that are slightly stronger. Yeah, yeah. But you don't want to get them hockeyed. But they need to realise what the level that needs to be reached. Correct.
1: Yeah, correct. that's where my headspace is now. Well, there will be a uh, vacancy coming up for fixtures at the end of the year. Anybody wants a job, it's well paid. It's brilliant. Like. <laughs> Anyway, uh, moving swiftly along from that, the minor competitions took place at the weekend. And we did ask a couple of people that was on the panel because the manager, Mike Wall, got married to the wonderful Sinead Melanif at the weekend so congratulations Mike and Sinead many years of happiness to you both, you're off on your honeymoon so Mike wasn't available and I know you don't like talking about the teams that you're involved in either.
0: All I'd like to say is that the last time that I was in there I said to you this year's minor would be very, very even and very open and it
1: actually is it is going that way yes I mean there's well apart from Galway at the minute I mean they're, they're the only ones that's really pulling out in front but um, um, there's, there's only yeah but there is there are two points in it at the minute like there's
0: and still Tipperary well I suppose Tipperary beating Galway at the weekend
1: yeah I'm going to get to the, the matches first and then we're going to go and we're going to review the table so there was two matches this weekend coming Kilkenny and Carr played out a one eleven draw each above in your hometown of Freshford last yesterday was it mm, yesterday? yesterday it was yesterday yeah oh, look it was a typical King Henry
0: Cork game there was no quarter given or taken Um it, it was interesting it, it, it's, it's I suppose i still haven't reflected on it fully myself but like I mean there was some great some great displays by both sides Um and that's what you expect from this age group you know Um and like it could have gone either way in one way you could say Kilkenny were lucky to draw and the other side you could say that they, Cork were lucky to draw and vice versa you could say yeah. that you know so like I mean that's the thing a minor is, is a very unusual level and as I said to you, I do think that COVID factor is coming to play with regard to a lot of the games even looking back at things you know and of course Cork were going to bounce back you knew that they were coming up hungry having lost to Waterford in the previous round mm-hmm. and I suppose you know there's, there's always going to be that bit of bite back but I think at the end of the day it was a very fair result
1: Well, you did mention Tipperary beating Galway as well, and there's a a few points in it to be fair. Tipperary 14 points, Galway 2 goals and 4 points. You played Galway and you played Tipperary. You came away with the win or the victory, the win says I, the victory uh, against Tipperary. albeit as people say it may have been a bit lucky as well you know four I, points in the last couple of minutes depends on who you talk it, to yeah
0: exactly but it, like I mean if you were to look at that way I suppose we were unfortunate against Galway so like it swings and roundabouts exactly you know, like, yeah you just don't know but that's what I'm saying there's not a lot between any of the teams you know and it should be yes, very Because Galway
1: is on top with four games played three wins one loss that loss to uh, Tipperary and they are on nine points Kilkenny sitting pretty in second place at the minute with four games played two wins one draw and the loss with seven points and then you have Tipperary coming in third place at the minute with three games played two wins a loss and six points and in the fourth spot at the minute is Cork with three games played one draw one win one loss and four points now that can be I suppose when it comes down to the end of the day, draws can be beneficial to teams because the top four teams in this grade is going to go straight through into the All Ireland semi finals. For Waterford who have played well so far are currently out of the All Ireland semi-final spots, but there is obviously games to play and Waterford will be playing Dublin this weekend coming. No venue on it at the minute. But can you see Waterford progressing up the table with a victory over Dublin this weekend? Well, like
0: if you look at if you look at Waterford, there are two games they're still to play. So that's possible six points so that could bring them up to nine points it could uh, then you have Galway
1: have uh, Galway have one to play Kilkenny have one to play Tipperary so, have two Cork have two Waterford this, have two. Action, this is
0: good. right just imagine Galway lose right Waterford win their next two
1: Okay so that'll put them on nine points Galway on nine points Yeah
0: Right Um, You have Where am I Cork and Tipperary
1: That would be a very interesting game To see which way that one will go Well you're going to tell me How that's going to go now in a minute
0: (laughs) Draw Uh, (laughs) I'd say on the fence it's minor I always say on the fence it's minor But again You just don't know Because like I mean If Tipperary win That brings them up to nine points And Cork stay on four
1: if the, perm- the permutations of this now is unbelievable. This is—I'm
0: actually—that's what I'm saying. My head, I, like you'd be looking at going, "Oh, holy god!" You're you know, nearly—you're
1: nearly as a manager now, going into the last round of games because the games this weekend will put the other teams on four games uh, played each, and everyone then is going to be playing one another in the last round of them on the fifteenth, sixteen slash that weekend. So, I mean, you're nearly going to be looking at having someone on Twitter checking the other counties to see how they're doing and you nearly want to go on into the table before you go out and play the game to see because if there's the same amount of teams on points again it goes down to scoring difference so the idea of getting to an all-earned semi-final or not getting to an all-earned semi-final because you don't know the scoring difference which has happened in the past like you really have to have your maths and homework done
0: It is and like I mean it could happen like out of the top say one, two, three, four five teams any of the four of them could still be it's possible
1: yeah like it really is competitive like I mean no disrespect to Dublin I mean if you took Dublin's results out of it I mean you still have five teams really that's vying for four places there at the minute still
0: Uh, I know Martin thanks for telling me that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: I, I a don't ca- need I a camera uh, now just to look at your face I have, there I have enough
0: grey hairs as it is <laughs> like you know but look that's what you want you want Komogi to be competitive you, do. you, you do. don't want anybody getting cake walked over it. okay I like winning but that's what you want you want to see that, that you know it is competitive and as I said to you the last time it was in, is that this minor championship was going to be very interesting because you have two years of very little form to judge it upon, because they're all after getting their five games. They will have all have gotten their five games, whereas the last time, say were to equate with their under sixteen championship, they all only played two games, and then it was into an all Ireland semi final and a final. Yeah. So we've already we'll have played this minor championship. We'll have played. There are five games, which will be more than even to win the All Ireland, say from two from the under 16 two years ago. Yep. So that's what you
1: want. That's great for the Yeah, yeah it'll,
0: it'll be very interesting though to see. Like I, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm writing up my figures and everything and I'm going okay 6 plus 6 minus 2 <laughs> divided by 42 and then the sum of the pie and the square on the other side It's you know you needed to do Pythagoras' theorem at this stage the way I'm going through it it'll all you're trying to get the permutations in your head with regard to things I do think the Cork-Tipperary game will um, tell a lot and then the following week on the 15th and 16th the tipperary Waterford
1: game will tell a lot yeah it's nearly though. It, it is important that all the matches are nearly on.
0: And here am I might saying as well. Time, and the, the Kilkenny Dublin game will tell a lot. It will. And so will the Walford Dublin game tell yeah. a lot. All game. Every game is important at this stage. It is
1: because, as I said, the the prize is an All Ireland semi final, and that could all come down to scoring difference of a team with a point one way or another. And as you say, it's a horrible way to get relegated, but if you miss out on an All-Ireland semi-final spot because of a one-point difference...
0: Question, what happens then if there was three teams on the same level of points?
1: Okay, if it's the same points... Say there's
0: top two are gone through, and then there's three teams...
1: It'll go... The two with the best scoring difference will go through. Okay, It's only if teams are together, it's the head-to-head goes on it. Now, the permutations gets more difficult if the teams that's going through, if they're the same amount of points the same score difference. I don't know what the hell is going to happen when it comes to that and I'm not even going to make judgments on it but I mean that could be a total nightmare altogether
0: And do we know then when it gets to the All-Ireland semi-final stages is the top versus the bottom or an open draw?
1: Uh, there's no nothing on that yes I didn't see anything on the schedule <laughs> I They're
0: so. afraid to even plan that far ahead because it could go Anyway
1: no, It's don't. very exciting though if you weren't involved you'd be like going oh my god great but to watch all these games It is exciting you know not for the people behind it I mean look at your face there now I mean you're you're having palpitations even thinking about this coming up. Anyway, I'm moving swiftly along before you pass out on me altogether. We're going to go to the minor B competition and Leash had a very comprehensive victory over Carlo. Carlo were going so well. They're still going well, to be fair to them. They're still in the hunt, but um, Leash, definitely the stronger team over the weekend. A 4 to 2-7 win over Carlo. It's a, a disappointing result for the Carlo women, but they'll bounce back.
0: Yeah, they should bounce back. You'd be hoping they would bounce back. And I suppose going forward, like, I mean... Uh, at the weekend, that's leash leash. That team should be strong uh, enough from what I would know of them and and the girls that are involved. But like I mean, Carlo need to sort of just dust themselves off. You don't want to get into the habit of losing games they need to come back no. out now fighting now for the next round because but after
1: having two very good results I mean when they played Derry and Roscommon in the first two games like in uh, or Derry and Westmeath, sorry mm. it was um, two very good wins uh, against them Roscommon had a victory against Clare or Carlo uh, then the last day that uh, who was at Leash was after beating Carlo so I mean the the Kildare game is important for Carlo as well because I mean they are vying for an all Ireland semi-final spot currently they're in third place at the minutes so it is important to them Common though are flying the flag high I mean we know the trees are always involved in Common above up there as well and they're doing great work up there um, a 2-9 to 7 point victory over Kildare last weekend while uh, wait till we do the match here now that's 9-7 and seven, that's 16-13 to 13. Westmead had a 3 point victory over Derry that game was played in TEG Cusick Park so Westmead coming out on top with that one which means after those results so. Common sits atop of the table with 4 out of 4 100% record Leash in 2nd place with 4 games played 3 wins 1 loss they have 9 points then Carlo and Westmeath now this is what I mean if you look at this right Carlo and Westmeath have 4 games played they have 2 wins they have 2 losses they both have minus 14 in the score difference they both have 6 points in it but Carlo is in 3rd place because they uh, beat Westmeath on the head to head but there you go like it is possible Possible that you could have three teams there together on six or nine points, with at same score and difference for one or two of those teams to come out of it. That's going to be a nightmare.
0: And then on top of that, hold on now, Derry aren't that far behind. Like, no, men, there's there's
1: only one point in between one score and difference, and if they were to win the next match so realistically still currently at the minute in this group and it's not right in are off but I mean with only one more game to play I mean you can nearly say that the safe it's to say that they're not going to qualify um, again it's five teams fighting for four spots in the all and semi-final in the B division
0: that's, that's, that's what you want to have in Camogie but again there's nothing between them not a single like I mean you can say one win and a point
1: yeah so it could be very very interesting it is going to be very interesting the last lot of games on that we'll be previewing them because they are down for the 15th or 16th of April that is to be confirmed Uh, date is not on it yet so no doubt we'll be doing them on Monday right I'm just going to run through the results of the minor A Shield games that was on over the weekend and Antrim had a very good win over Limerick 10 points to 3-8 in the National Games Development Centre that was actually played while I was in Abbottstown yesterday Um, Offaly and Meath, it was 16 points to Offaly and 21 points to Meath, 113 to 215. So a good win there for Meath. And in the other game then, Clare had a very good win over Wexford. Uh, What was it? 2-4 to Wexford and 14 points to Clare, which all means that Clare are sitting nicely at the top of the A-shield table with four games played three wins one draw that's ten points Antrim in second spot only a point behind with four games played three wins and a loss they have nine points Limerick with four games played two wins one draw a loss seven points and Wexford is currently taking over that fourth spot with four games played one win one draw two losses they have four points but Meath is clipping oh, closely behind with three points as well with four games played one win and three losses um, and you can't really rule Awfully out because Awfully could uh, potentially get up there as well because they have one point and a win will put them on four points so really all six teams in this grade are fighting for four spots I mean you just couldn't write it at all could what you? But you see
0: this is, this is what you want you want this you don't
1: want anybody to be cakewalking it or, or to you want to have a
0: competitive up until the very last round so you don't know what could well, that happen. is going
1: to be competitive up to the last round because anything at all can happen in that grade. Uh, moving along to the SEA Championship then Kerry with another fine victory over Armagh. That was a halfway venue because it was played in St. Rhynes. Uh, Mayo uh, unfortunately went down to down down having a big win there against Mayo and Wicklow having a big win against Cavan in the other uh, game there as well which means that out of the six teams there's still plenty of spots up for grabs Kerry way out in front at the minute with 12 points with a 100% record down in second spot Armagh is in third spot and then we have Wicklow and Cavan fighting away with three points each in fourth and fifth place so again nobody's out of it Mayo is still there if they could get a win uh, under their belt and Wicklow and Cavan were to lose out on matches as well depending on results I mean anybody is still fighting for those four spots there in the SEA Championship and lastly then in the minor C-Shield competition over the weekend there was one game played and that was Tyrone and Donegal and Tyrone coming away with victory on that 319 to 28, which means at the table there's only three teams in this it's Tyrone, Louth and Donegal Tyrone with a 100% record with 9 points from 3 games played Louth is in second place with 3 points with a win and uh, a loss with their 2 games played and Donegal at the foot of the table currently at the minute with three losses in that but look it's great to see the likes of Donegal and Louth and all those teams as well participating in the minor and I think the structure for that one is the two top teams and that is going to play in the all Ireland final so the very best of luck to all of them right that brings us to the end of the competitions the previews the matches that was up for discussion Um, I suppose the only other thing that was on really the weekend was congress and how did that go Martin Unfortunately
0: it was, I wasn't able to attend but, it, was the, uh, it
1: was the usual Congress I'll put it that way to you Um
0: I heard there was a good discussion with regard to the whole um, moving forward and the integration of... There was.
1: I was hoping to either get the Duke to run on but unfortunately she wasn't available this evening and I was hoping maybe that Linda Kenny, the Leinster chair, might be available but unfortunately she wasn't this evening either. Now in fairness to both of them it was short notice because uh, I didn't get to them yesterday and I only was messaging them this morning to see if they were available but there was a workshop uh, done and Neve was facilitating it so she facilitated the GA workshop the LGFA workshop and the Komogi workshop so this was basically about where the delegates saw the integration process going what was working what wasn't working what the delegates would put in place immediately like to see integration working etc the majority of the answers that came out of it was two the whole time one was facilities and two was equality now there was other different things in between it there was branding you know you still had your identity that was there Um, you had media exposure still for female sports like this still wasn't up to the level obviously you had funding there was fears maybe that funding mightn't be available if the three associations integrated but on the whole everybody was in the one vein of form that integration should happen so I mean, every everyone had their say. I mean, it was a frank, open discussion. There was nothing off the table. There was no right answers. There was no wrong answers. Um, all of the counties participated in the workshop. Uh, Neve, uh, who is an independent person, she works for um, uh, a data company. So they were actually after bringing her in, and she was working with Mary Mcaleese and the rest of the committee as well. So I mean, look, there is there is issues there. I mean, everybody sees it. the majority of everything that came up with facilities that Camogie seems to be put in the back. Burner in relation to GAA facilities, not necessarily in Kilkenny, maybe, but when you go to other counties, those like ladies' football is getting in before Camogie, the GA and the Harlan is always in before Camogie, and Camogie is always put in the back burner.
0: I just think it has to come from the roots up. Um, it, there has to be a buy in at club level nationally because if you don't have the support at club level, it's well, not going to push on through.
1: No, you know and this think. is part of the next process because obviously they have met with the stakeholders first in the three associations to put a terms of reference together of what needs to be done. They then met with the provincial councils. They're now going to meet with the county boards next and get their opinions. And then there will be a survey sent out to all of the clubs as well to see where this is going. I mean, I know this has been talked about for ages and ages, but as Neve said, we're in the listening phase. So everybody has to be listened about mm. the ideas of, where it needs to go what needs to be done what's working what's not working and Mary McAleese and her team will then put all that together put a plan in place and see where they go but one thing that did come up out of it there needs to be an end date on this that it's not going to run continuously like When was the first all mooted does anybody know? Jesus about 10 years ago I think originally
0: yeah, I just feel like if it's if it keeps on pushing down the road further and further, you know yourself that probably more and more barriers are going to appear. As is it happens with anything, the longer it pushes on, the more barriers that it has to be. I suppose in my. Get it right, but be proactive about it. Yeah, if you know what I mean. I mean,
1: it's it's not going to be a quick process because obviously you do have three associations that you're trying to merge into the one. And Mary McAleese did, you know, she couldn't make the Congress, so she did actually send a, a quick video with where her thoughts was in relation to the integration, and it wasn't. When or how or whatever else that she was using in the video, it is going to happen full mm. stop. So this is working through the process. But I mean, as they said, I mean, it's not going to be a quick face. This, this is not going to happen next year. No.
0: I suppose, from my perspective like i, I got I'm involved in both codes, so and I've got children playing in both codes um and basically, I see it all as being the one, if you know what I mean in my head already, because like you know you, you'll always try and work things around as in like yeah, but
1: you're looking in Freshford Let's be no. You no. Let's let's be fair. Yeah, I thought you were going to say
0: because I'm from there. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs>
1: you, you've said it. I mean, the two codes does work very well together. I mean, if you look for a field or if you have a, a match booked into a field, it's very rare that you're going to be kicked out of it because there's a hurling or a football match put into it. Let, in in fairness, you're mm, not really. I suppose it's because
0: uh, I, I suppose we've lost a lot of the people that are involved in both codes yes. have people playing in both codes, and that makes life a lot. Easier, I suppose, for everybody. Well, I'll give you an example,
1: right, of how years is working well. I was at the Leinster Club Finals yesterday, and one of the teams that played in the Leinster Club Finals yesterday, and I won't say what county they were, or I won't mention their name. It's their first piece of silverware in many, many a year. The hurlers and the footballers, etc., always get first priority on all of the fields as there, and they don't actually train in their own club grounds. They actually train outside it because they can never get the field and that Kamogi team yesterday is the only team to bring Silverware back to the club in a great number of years and yet they can't be afforded the facility to play a game in their home pitch.
0: And you see, that's going back to, I have to be very careful what I say here, I suppose. That's going back to, there's a preconceived, I suppose, everybody has to buy in, right? And I suppose the biggest thing is is to get people to realise that by having more people involved, you're actually strengthening your club, you're not diluting it.
1: No, but the mindset has to change.
0: Yeah, the mindset has to change, definitely. But, like, I mean, it's the same people that are most likely involved in book codes, as in the case of more clubs you might have a couple that don't but everybody goes and you support each other and getting everybody to buy in and to realise that we're actually stronger together Yeah. Um, and and like I mean you're combining resources you're combining coaching you're combining you can learn from each other that's the big thing as well and, and seeing how different things are done and and that's, it has to be symbiotic that's the word I would use and mutually beneficial that everybody sees it as that but the problem is just some people trying to get into buy-in they just don't I suppose it's a little bit of insecurity and I suppose it's a little bit of, of turf minding excuse the pun like this is my turf yeah. and I'm holding on to and that's yours and I, that has to sort of be Forget about that that you like you have to step away and realizing the more people that come in together the stronger your club is. Exactly. It's a community organization regardless of the code. And I think sometimes we all forget about that, that the ethos behind the J it's about being part of a community. A GA community. And like, I mean, they're the GA community that come run in times of good and bad, as I've often said. And they're the people that'll turn out and help people out. And that's what I think, like, that's what it's all about. Like, the politics and stuff, people need to forget about that at times. And they don't. They can't. Like, they just need to stop and think about it as being, it's about our club, our community, and and just working together and at the end of the day lads it's about keeping people playing the sport is, yeah. enjoying the sport and I suppose as I always say if a person whether it's male female young person stays playing a sport it'll stay with them for life and they'll learn from it it's very profound for me today no no, no you're, but
1: you're, you're dead right in that one I mean that was one of the, the ones that was on there was obviously another workshop with uh, playing time and meaningful playing time to players um, about what the length of time they get and not for the sake of 5 to 10 minutes at the end of a game if a team is getting hockeyed or your team is hockeying someone and you put someone in you're not going to get the benefit of something in like that so there was a lot of debate going around that there's obviously new uh, go games details have been sent out as well um, there's a new go game uh, booklet that was sent out uh, to all of the counties so I mean that's coming in obviously the, the new protocols involved with that there was one rule change in relation to the ages so uh, I think to the under 12s now you have to be over 9 it used to be over 8 but you now have to be over 9 to participate in the the Go Games which goes all the way up to 12s Um, you can still have your 12 leagues etc if they worked in that format but the goal games are still non-competitive if you get what I mean so you know your summer leagues and whatever else is in it you're, you're still able to have them the age group for the minor girls that you can't play on a county panel unless you're over 18 to bring it something in line with the GAA again failed as it does every year at Congress Now it's getting closer It was 47% for this time And 53% against Compared to the other ones I mean Look it's underst- I,
0: I can imagine that Some of the counties
1: Are reliant upon correct. minor girls yeah. To field but their are teams But are most of them Like I mean This is the argument That's made You look at some of the teams And they have Plenty of girls That is available That's there Do they really need The minors Like I mean You might have One, two, three maximum But have you got Other teams Teams that's there that really needs minor players. I mean the, the wording was if you were a development in a development uh what was the wording that was in it if it was a development competition so say the likes of the I think for the Nancy Murray Cup or some of them that was in it you could actually play uh, your minor girls in it if they were the other games then was over 17 or something to that effect to it anyway but look it, fa- it failed because there was a lot of counties that vo- or stood up and spoke against the motion there was only a couple of counties the tier 1 counties that actually spoke up in support of the motion as well but look it is getting closer but um, the other main real points that's talked about is because you're obviously the registrar as well within Kikeni Kamogi, and um, the FWIRN system uh, is going to be God when it comes to team sheets. So you're only allowed to accept team sheets now from Fern because as far as I know, if a person is not registered, you can't then add that person to a team sheet. Now, the
0: only problem is is that when you encounter a boy at this stage, like, I mean, if there's duplicates on their system, um, you know, the people add the wrong person
1: to it yeah but that's up to the, the club themselves to make yeah, sure I'm, I'm that just right. making I, I, know, I know but look I mean, it's the, just
0: like people uh, the fern system it would make life easier for people yeah. but I suppose as well as that it'll put onus upon people to get their registrations right to do them right
1: We see this is also stopping the fact that you now can't write in pen a person on a team sheet like you'd be able to do before so would say Paula Dowland turned up to a match and she wasn't on the team sheet and you wrote Paula Dowland down on the match to play you put a number beside the jersey and that was it you can't do that now on the new team sheet
0: Hmm. Actually, yeah, because it has your ID number and everything on it. And yeah. if you want, it can have your date of birth on it.
1: Yeah, which I don't agree with on some of them, because if you're going down the route of GDPR and that, etc. So because you see people coming out to the referees and asking for a photograph like of the team sheet and you don't know actually are they part of the press or who are they or why are they looking for this? Like, So, you know, and that's me being sceptical now, of course, as well with, with some people. Um, what was the other real rule change? That was the one, oh, the 48 hours now is in place when... Uh, Yep, deadline is obviously over for registrations from last year. So, if you register now, you have to wait three days currently because the rule doesn't come in until a month after Congress. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of April, it will revert back to the 48-hour rule. So, you will be able to do it within 48 hours. Have they kept the registration date as the 31st of March? Yes, that hasn't budged. <sighs> wasn't even up for discussion on the the Congress yeah. this year yeah, okay. now, it might change next year but uh, currently this year um, the skirts obviously Thomas McCartan's in London which we're going to have him on at some stage as well during the year uh, coming up because they put on a big 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 promotion um, about not wearing skorts etc and had a petition going um, so look that can't be changed because it's a playing rule and the playing rules are not coming in until next year so there'll be a lot of debate coming up on them and the other big news I suppose is that we have the first male uh, president of the association coming in because Brian Malloy, who is currently the Connacht chair, has been elected unopposed, Uktharan Tuffa, and will take over at Congress, which will be in Kildare next year.
0: And did he house his inaugural Tuffa speech? Very short.
1: I suppose understandable. understand I suppose what can you say really it's like thanks and Yeah compared to others I mean um, look he he has a hard task that's coming in He we see the biography for him he's uh, all about integration as well he's yeah. coming from a background where he had young ones playing he was a coach himself he's gone up through different levels from PRO etc he has a a broad background in uh, governance um, from Sport to Ireland uh, so I mean look it's the same as anybody else coming into the job it's the same as if a new chair comes in a person has to be given time. You can't really tell by what they said in a speech, I maybe, you know. So, I mean, he's he's been there before. He's probably a, a newbie, I suppose, when it comes to the camogie world of things. But and
0: you know, what sometimes a fresh pair of eyes can give you a different exactly. perspective on things. And I I'd like to wish him the best to look moving forward and hope uh, Hilda uh, enjoys her her the next 12 months before she takes her step down. Yeah,
1: well, she's certainly enjoying the, the trips, as she said herself. We might uh, all think that she was away for a, a very long length of time. But uh, she look, that's the joys when you're president. You get invited out to um, everywhere else. I think the only place she hasn't been yet is Australia. So if any of our friends in Australia is listening to the podcast, the president of the Camogie Association has not been out at any of the games and would very much enjoy a trip. And so would,
0: so would the on kind group love to do we a would. show from Australia I think we that'd would. be really um,
1: I don't think the budget though stretches that far Polly
0: Ah, we'd be more uh, we, we I'm sure I'm sure
1: that somebody <laughs> will sponsor us out
0: there or something or bring us out for the crack
1: oh you never know imagine the come on kind going on tour out to Australia wouldn't, wouldn't it be great I'd I, I take Dubai I wouldn't, I wouldn't no I can't go to Dubai <laughs> But or we could go like
0: to that. Chicago or anywhere. I'm I'm open if anybody wants to take I, us anywhere. Well, we'd I, we'd I, go would I
1: could, but I just I wouldn't. Yeah. No, thanks. Wouldn't yeah. Go to Dubai. You know yourself. But
0: we can go to Chicago or somewhere like that. I think it'd be very and um, and the North
1: well, actually now North speaking,
0: American Games run.
1: I was speaking with the delegate because the delegate is Sandra Holland, who is a Glenmore woman and who is sister of Karen Jones, mm-hmm. who is currently in with the development Under squads. And,
0: Fifteen yeah.
1: yep. Um, and I actually have Sandra's number. That's so.
0: on in me, am I right? Yep.
1: We will be speaking with Sandra uh, one of the days on the podcast. And it's on, on,
0: on in Denver.
1: Uh, yeah. Now, I'm going to leave Sandra to declare everything that's going on out there, but her story out there is actually fascinating. I mean, you have to hop on a plane to get to training. For some nights, like and stay, and then go back and or drive seven or eight hours, or do a weekend, and they're setting up their own pitches and booking pitches. You know, this you think you're bad that you have to book a pitch for a match that's maybe two or three days down the line. Oh, they're planning months in advance. Months. They have to book the field a whole year in advance to make sure that they have a training session alone in. And never mind. But there the
0: seems to be a real um, buzz round game's oh yeah in the yeah, us yeah. at the moment yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's 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 and, and it's not it's growing and it's not just people that have gone out there to work it's it's second and third generation people that are getting involved. That's not
1: even Irish. North American is actually trying to get the homegrown players out of America. You know, we'll say the likes of the people that might be coming out of college or moving to university within the area or somewhere and try and get them as, it's a great way to meet people and get to know people, etc. So that's what they're trying to do. But anyway, I believe Sandra tell her story and all that when we do manage to catch up with her. She's currently still in Ireland at the minute. She's not flying out until Wednesday, I think it is. So we wish Sandra... We a can safe. go to
0: Denver too, by the way.
1: We go anywhere. <coughs> we will go anywhere if invited. Come on, kind on tour. Imagine, It'd be great imagine telling Ken we're going off on tour like the, the logistics of that yeah, what
0: goes on on tour stays on
1: tour ah yeah but you look we'd we'll be grand anyway we'd we'll chance that in months as yeah. well. congress was good now I have to be fair and in fairness to Tipperary they put on a brilliant show but I have to commend the Camogie Association staff they don't always get praise but I mean they put on a brilliant show at the weekend the goodie bags that we got was exceptional but Bridget Ryan and Jill Walters you're amazing don't care what anybody say um, and I may be biased on that but I mean you really run a tight ship and a great show as do all the staff but I mean you know exceptional work by uh, the two of you and all the crew there with the uh, with the camogie as well it was I've been to a lot of congresses and I have to say it was probably one of the best ones that I was at Um, now the only thing I, I have a problem with congress all of 40 something motions was done on the Saturday in the one sitting that's a lot and now it did become uh, and people did start getting restless etc uh, I think certainly a break up in the maybe some on the Friday evening or something and do maybe some workshops in the Saturday morning and then do them maybe the way to go forward with it but definitely 40 something motions in a row was a little bit much um, but anyway that's for a different day that's probably the only downside well apart from something else that happened as well but I'm not going into that on the Come On Kind podcast I can tell you that much now I mean, there was pranks played, but uh, mine wasn't a prank, I can tell you that much. Um, I forgot your scrap on the first April Fool's Day. Yeah. I won't say which county it was or what delegate it was, um, but it wasn't in the Republic. Uh, yeah. There was a wedding going on in Congress and, of course, when you have afters, etc., people were, you know, going and partaking and socialising socialising exactly but April 1st being on the Saturday you know one particular delegate decided that she was going to tell everybody that you know the wedding got a bit boisterous and she was coming out the door and she tripped and she fell and she hit her head and her eye and she came down Saturday morning and mother of God I, I knew it from Friday I said there's no way she had a black eye the day before but when she came down to Congress her eye was no I mean jet black I mean, how the hell? So it's the very same as if someone got a feast, and just leathered her one. Oh, my God. And at other stages, then I was told she had a sling and she had a neck brace going around with different stages in it. And sure, we discovered then, sure... Uh, it was an April Fool's prank it wasn't that someone was the getting makeup and uh, well, mascara fair or whatever else on, it. and she <laughs> wore that black eye like whole, a pro the whole of the day for Congress and uh, I mean no, fair play and you know what her. that's the other thing lads. but like, that was a bit of fun and it that's was a, what yeah.
0: you need to do though like at the end of the day it's about going out there and, and enjoying it and uh, you have to have a bit of crack along the way
1: yeah But anyway Shinaweel Paula Thank you so much I know you're Like a SHIT And a swing swung Over there at the minute But anyway We do appreciate you Coming in to us I suppose the Vowled one Will be back uh, Next week (laughs) Now we can't really Give out to her Because she's on her Uh second honeymoon I suppose you could call it you know because it was a anniversary the weekend and they are gone off to is it Croatia they're out in did I see Bravnik yeah. or
0: somewhere did you do not know yeah. that's an April fool's day they're actually she's actually probably down below in this <laughs> sitting in a pub she didn't go and sent on fake pictures <laughs> that's the honest God truth
1: oh well I'm not going to go into that one but anyway thank you kindly for joining us this evening uh, my thanks as always to yourselves for listening don't forget that wherever you get your podcast from it will be available uh, come on kind will be available from Tuesday evening as always onwards every week and hopefully that you're enjoying the Camogie intercounty season which we're a third of the way through already coming up to a half of the way because Leinster is going to be the next one starting uh, which is going to be very shortly towards the end of April time flies when you're having fun it waits for nobody but from us all and the crew here from the KCLR studios in Kilkenny from Lillian as always producing great work she does here behind me to Paula uh, and to on even though she's not here but particularly to Paula this evening my thanks and we will see you all next Monday bye for now
0: bye
1: This with uh, the you know, but... is Come on
2: kind with Martin Kloty and Onya Fahmi.